This is the Wayne Ayers Podcast. The Wayne Ayers Podcast. Woohoo! Time to wake your ass up for a blessed day. Thank you so much for coming on our podcast. Uh, I really appreciate it. Uh, yeah. yeah. No, yeah. Uh, you're actually the first doctor I had on the podcast, surprisingly. I was like, yeah, oh, why oh, have I had a... Yeah, so I, I really appreciate you coming on. Um, I love the show and everything. I'm just like, sometimes it's hard for me to watch because I just can't believe it. It's just like, <laughs> I'm like, yo, how did, how did the people let their feet get this bad? But like, well, before I even get into that, I was like, I want to know like what made you want to become a, a, a potty... Is it called podiatric? Yeah, it's podiatric okay. specialist podiatric. or podiatrist. Um, or okay. foot and ankle surgeon, you know, all those terms are interchangeable. Okay, cool. I was like, I saw so many different things. I was like, is this right or no? Online? So I, like, I want to make sure I get it right. But like, what made you like want to become a podiatric? Well, you know, it started off with me just wanting to become a doctor in general. Um, and then as an athlete, I was always into sports. So I wanted to do specifically sports medicine. Um, and so, you know, you matriculate through school and then you kind of learn about all the different doctors that do sports medicine. And there's really one or two options. There's like the clinical version or there's a surgical version with orth- orthopedics. And that's what was, um, I was introduced to at first. And of course, like, you know, I wanted to be a surgeon and wanted to do sports medicine, but the lifestyle of an orthopedic really didn't fit me. Um, and so when I was doing all my shadowing and stuff, I found the field of podiatry and Podiatry yielded itself to be perfect for me because, you know, it was specialist of the foot and ankle. We did surgery. We do sports medicine um, and obviously has other things involved uh, (laughs) uh, with the feet. But, um, yeah, it seemed to fit me. So podiatry really just found me when I was trying to, you know, become a doctor. So, yeah. No, that's that's amazing. (laughs) So you I know you did sports. Like what sports did you do? Or do you just mention sports in high school? What sports did you play? Yeah. So I I originally started off playing basketball and uh, then started playing volleyball. And I did that um, more aggressively because I played volleyball in college. Um, So student athlete most of my whole life and then played in college. And so, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I, I heard you went to Hampton. My sister went to Howard University. I know oh, they kind of, okay. I know they'd be like That's the real HU. The other HU, the yeah, real yeah. HU, you know. <laughs> so like, so which, which one's a real HU? Oh, of course I'm going to ride or die for Hampton. Of course, you know, Howard's cool. Howard's cool. I don't hate, but I'm just saying. <laughs> was that like your first option or was that always your first option to go at Hampton? So, yeah, my first option for HBCU was to go to Hampton. I did do a redshirt year um, because I had injured myself as a student athlete. Um, So I spent my freshman year at UC Riverside, close to home, rehabbing, and then uh, went to Hampton. Okay, I have to put you on the clock right here. So, like, there's kids right now probably thinking about, like, going to Hampton or Howard. Uh, I need you you to tell them why people need to go to Hampton. (laughs) Listen, so I will tell you that Hampton, it was a wonderful, beautiful transition from where I'm from. So I'm from a suburb of California in Temecula. Uh, Howard was in the city. It was a little too much for my little suburban spirit at the time. Uh, In Hampton, it was low key. It's beautiful. It's located on the waterfront. 
Um, it's a it's a really amazing campus located in a not so amazing live city like DC, but it was perfect for me um, and where I come from and just kind of how my vibe is. So I mean, it's different strokes for different folks, but Hampton I think was just it was just the best the best place to go to college. That sounds like if you want to turn up, you go to Howard. If you want to turn up, you might want to be in DC. But <laughs> no, I'm just I'm just if you're looking for a great experience to turn up on campus, you know, and it's it's Hampton. <laughs> no, I was just messing with you. But um, I want to know, like, what, what, like, why, why should people like visit? Um, just kind of before watching the show, I was like, oh, but I don't even know why people should visit or da da da. da. Like, why should people like visit? I mean, like if you watch a show, yeah. Oh, no, no, yeah. no, I'm talking about, uh, yeah, what you just said, my bad. You want to know why people should visit uh, colleges? No, like, college no, 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 my bad, my bad. Uh, a podiatrist. Oh, you want to know yeah, why people should visit a podiatrist? Oh, okay. Podiatrist, oh. podiatrist. I mean, I mean, for the obvious reason for foot pain, but I mean, for other reasons, specifically with your whole health, like you definitely need to visit a podiatrist, especially if you're diabetic. Um, I have a lot of patients who come to me saying like, I don't even know I'm here. Like my family doctor just sent me here, you know? And I'm like, well, you know, did you get a diagnosis of having diabetes? And usually their answer is yes. And the condition of diabetes affects your eyes and your toes first. Um, it's a systemic disease, like it affects everything in your whole body. So if your blood sugars are too high, those sugars can settle on your nerves and you can start to go blind and you can start to lose feeling in your feet. And then when you start to lose feeling in your feet, you could be walking around and creating a wound and you wouldn't know it. And then all of a sudden wind up in the hospital and then it's like amputating toes because they're infected. So it's better for you to get established early with a podiatrist if you have certain comorbidities like diabetes um, in order to prevent all of those things from happening. Um, like someone like you and I, like, you know, younger, healthier kind of people, um, you would probably only see a podiatrist if you had an obvious like pain in your foot. Like my foot hurts. Like <laughs> so. No, you know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so like, like I want to know, like, can it like slow down like the way like diabetes go if you like catch it early? Like, say if I went to visit you early, I had diabetes. Would it be able yeah. to slow down? You can. No, if you have a diagnosis of diabetes, it's more so a lifestyle change that you need to have. Um, going to your doctors on a regular basis, like I, I see my uh, diabetic patients every two or three months, like I see them often. Um, and hopefully that will inspire them to do some type of lifestyle change. I can do tips on, you know, diet or, you know, how to wear different shoes and different types of support to prevent certain uh, problems that go on with your feet. Um, and also just kind of being there like like a catcher, kind of like, okay, this is happening, let's catch it before it gets bad, you know? Um, so it's really important to establish yourself with a good podiatrist and develop that relationship so that way, you know, you can prevent a whole lot of things and hopefully change your lifestyle. So like how often should like somebody like in their 20s or 30s or like 40s visit like a podiatrist? So, I mean, if you're doing your self-care, like in, in, in your younger age, you know, if you're doing a lot of self-care, you probably don't need to see a podiatrist too often. Um, when you're getting up there in age, like around mid-50s or something like that, you probably want to make a, a appointment every once a year just to check in, you know. Um, but if you have been diagnosed with other problems, then that's when we're seeing each other more so on a regular basis. At least once every three months or every six months, we need to kind of 
make that make that visit. Yeah, um, like I think it's I don't know if it's out topic, but um, like I know like pa- I know there's like patients around the world that like like say like black patients like they kind of have like a higher risk with a lot of things than you know other minorities or other. Yeah. M- m- <laughs> uh, you know, my bad. You know what I'm saying. Yeah. Okay, so other, I want other health risks for sure. Like diabetes is very much so increased in our population. So therefore, we have um, way more people who are getting ap- amputations um, than any other race, and that's unfortunate because um, sometimes you, you can save a limb. You sometimes you can save the limb before it gets to amputation. But you know, we have other issues in our community with you know doctor-patient relationships and trust and following through with you know all these things. So you know, we do have a high heel to climb <laughs> when it comes to you know health disparities uh, and things of that nature but yeah that's what i was gonna get into like i was gonna ask you like what racial like disparities have you seen since like among your patients right i mean well you know you you see it um often when you you have access to healthcare, you usually use it if you feel comfortable using healthcare, you, you you're kind of fine like you know you're you know where to go for issues Oftentimes I'm seeing specifically black patients who are coming in as the last resort. And that's not that's not where you want to be. You know, you want to be in touch with doctors, you know, into the point where you're not, you know, seeing me and I'm like, wow, you have to go to the hospital. You're wildly infected. Like, don't don't see me then. See me before <laughs> before that so it can be prevented. So I personally am seeing a lot more of that in our population as black people, as opposed to um, other races, other races will come in a lot sooner. And that's just a lot of uh, access to healthcare, uh, education in the community, things of that nature. So like, what's your best advice? Like, think, like what do you think we could do to like help change that? Um, I know like I know, like a lot of people, like my mom, like she don't trust doctors because like she'll have like a bad experience with them. So like, you know what I'm saying? Like, how do you think yeah. to get that? going to be a long road because it wasn't a, a, a short road as to the reason why people like your mom don't trust medicine. And we have a long standing history of distrust in America with the black community and medicine, uh, starting way back to the Tuskegee syphilis study. You know, that's one of the marked things that people always mention when it comes to mistrust with the African-American community and medicine. Um, and so it starts there, but it doesn't end there. You know, our uh, maternal uh, death rate is a lot higher like there is racism embedded in medicine so your fears are not uh invalid but at the same time we have to do the work to combat that like we have to do the work on increasing our number of minority physicians first of all and that's been an uphill battle like it you're more likely to trust somebody who comes from your similar background because they can therefore treat you more according to to where you are like culturally um not necessarily not saying that you have to get you know african-american doctors to treat black people but it it makes it a little bit more um palatable i guess or or more uh comfortable for patients you know um so that's one thing just getting the numbers of uh, minority doctors available in the community And then when we do have the education and the resources, we need to be going out into the communities and really, you know, sharing what we've learned. I think that's a a large part of of why I started my social media uh, way back when I was in residency. I started my social media just putting out, 
information that I've learned and hopefully somebody was going to watch it and, and learn from it. You know, um, that was my way of kind of giving back to my community and kind of, you know, trying to tell people what I've learned. Um, but we need more of that. We definitely need more of that and more resources. So what is what is your advice for somebody that like um, like a person, a people of color that like entering the medical field? Wow. <laughs> I know you've probably been through it all. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think um, just stay, stay grounded, uh, stay close to your family, close to your friends. Um, the, the medical field is tough. Like you're, the process is not easy. Uh, definitely don't give up. You will fail at some point. Nobody's journey through medical school is perfect. But if you're headstrong and you like follow, you know, your path, and just remain grounded, you can make it. So just don't give up and stay grounded. That's my advice. What's like one thing you wish you like knew before, like, like, like looking back at it, like there's stuff that I did like in the past. I was like, damn, I, if I knew, cause I know it now, like, I, I wish I would never did that. But what's something like, you know, like, or wish you kind of knew before, like you're at your position now. If that makes sense. I don't know if yeah, no, that makes sense. <laughs> that's, that's a good question. Um, if I knew now what I know then, <laughs> what I, knew okay. I don't. I don't think. To be honest with you, I feel like at one point I was like, oh, you know what? What I did was like a waste of time. Like I just wasted, you know, all this stuff. But honestly, I don't regret a, a single second of my journey. I think that every uh, every stage of my education definitely taught me something, and that I can apply to this stage of my career now. And so I really do think that your journey is your journey. You're there for everything for a reason. Um, so I have no regrets. I don't. I don't think that I would change anything. To be honest with you. No, I mean, my bad. I don't mean regrets. I mean, like um, something like you know now that you wish you knew before entering. Oh, okay. So yeah, hey, that's um, better. Okay, yeah. yeah there that's you better. Go. Okay. <laughs> you know, so what I what I wish I knew back then was that um, getting tutoring is not for when you're struggling. You have to get tutoring day one so you can kind of have a guideline and a map of where you're going in your classes. So the smart people get tutoring, you know, in the beginning. Like, so be smart. Don't think that tutoring is something that you get only if you're struggling. Like, do it before, you know? So that's what I would I would say I would do differently. Yeah, there you go. My bad. No, I phrased that <laughs> terribly. <laughs> Uh, what's something people get wrong about uh, a, a pity? Oh my God, I'll be struggling with this. Podiatry. Uh, podiatry, <laughs> podiatry. I know. I mean, yeah, podiatry. I don't know why I can't say it crazy. But yeah, what is something like people get wrong with podiatry? What do they get wrong with it? Well, you know, I think our profession has struggled with other professionals knowing exactly what our education is like. Um, so sometimes they look at what we're doing and they don't think it's super important. Like, oh, you're just trimming, trimming toenails and, you know, that's all you guys do. You know, I think that we've had um, battles with that. And you're like, no, I'm doing so much more. Like, that's just like a small portion of what we're doing, you know, which, you know, can be really big at some point for some people. But, um, you know, we're, we're taking care of your vascular system, your nervous system. We're taking care of wounds. We're taking care of uh, bacteria and fungi and all these other things that are small problems that could escalate to bigger issues. And our education is 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 deep like we have a level of depth to our education that is very instrumental in the medical field and as, as a whole um and i think people 
they mistake podiatry for like a clinical kind of thing that just happens, you know? So um, hopefully the show is bringing to light the importance of, uh, of our field and, you know, sharing what we could do. No, yeah, truly. I definitely didn't know about all this. I was like, yo, I didn't know people's feet can get that bad. I was like one person that was like, oh, my feet are ugly. I probably, but I just like my toenails, I just have to cut them if they get long. But right. my feet would never been that. I was like, yo, what is <laughs> I was like, yo. But um, what is like something like people do every day that's like negatively affecting like their the health of their feet? Well, they're not washing them. Uh, they're not. They're putting them in the same shoes every single day. Um, they're if their feet are sweaty, they're not changing their socks. I mean, there's there's an endless amount of things I could tell you that people are not doing every day uh, to have good good genuine good foot care. Some people are overly aggressive and they cut their nails too short and they you know cause ingrowing toenails. Um, but yeah, there's there's um, there's faux pas every day that people do to, with their feet because they're just not educated enough. So hopefully, um, they'll watch the show and get educated. So you know. if you don't mind me asking, <laughs> like, do you have a certain like foot routine? Do you have like every day? Do or? I have a foot routine? <laughs> yeah. I, well, I wash my feet every day. Uh, I get That's a, a start. I definitely moisturize. I put lotion on my feet every day. Um, I have brand new socks. I wear socks with shoes all the time. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> and at least once a month, I'm getting a pedicure. So, um, you know. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> no, I think people, I, I thought, like me, I thought that was like common sense, but I was like watching the show, I was like, oh, this is really not common. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> <laughs> what's like, what's like one of the strangest like work-related questions you have got like since beyond the show? Beyond the show, uh, work-related questions, I mean, people come up with the most bizarre questions after surgery, like what what all they can do. Like, I mean, sometimes it's bizarre in the in the sense that people feel so good. They're like, oh, can I go hiking? And I'm like, no, you're three weeks out of surgery. Like, sit down, you know, like so certain certain bizarre things like that. But yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm not really sure what other bizarre things <laughs> Uh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, okay. Now I want to get into the show. I'm like, yo, this is like, the show, I like, it's like, it's like some episodes I can watch and then some are like, yo, I can't, I don't know how people let their feet get this bad. But like, how does it like feel to get all this like great like fan reaction? Cause I see like a lot of people loving the show. Yeah, it feels great actually. I mean, to be honest with you, when we first started doing the show, it was kind of like this big old question mark. This like this could be a big flop. Like I don't even know how people are going to respond. Like first of all, it's feet. Like people either either have feet fetishes or hate them to death, you know? So what we're trying to do though is kind of eliminate a lot of the stigma around feet. And so with that being said, I think that I'm, I'm very pleasantly surprised about the response because people can resonate, if, especially if they've had foot issues. You know, they're first of all embarrassed. Nobody wants to deal with their feet, but they're coming to, to people, professionals who are empathetic to their cause, medical professionals who treat it like, you know, like it should be properly treated like as a medical issue um, and without judgment. And I think that that's, that's something that people resonate with and that's, that's I'm, that's what I'm happy the show gets across. No, like the show is like very informative. It's just like <laughs> for me, it's, it's hard to watch some episodes. I be seeing like I don't know how y'all be dealing with some of the things. I know you have to do it, but I'm just like yo, I'm like 
it, it's like it's, i don't know but like how, how did you like um how did the show even come about like do you like they did like come to you like hey you want to do a show da, 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 da. how did the show come about yeah pretty much they um uh, i started my private practice office um and you know with that said i'm doing a lot of my own marketing like hey i'm here in the, in the city like this is what i do blah 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 um, and shortly after I started, you know, seeing a lot more patients, the production team reached out and said, oh, hold on, sorry, I don't know what that was. Um, <laughs> so shortly after the production team um, reached, reached out and they asked me if I could be um, willing to be on the show, they wanted to um, basically uh, shadow me for a week. Like they came with their whole crew with all these cameras in my office and followed me around in surgery. And at the time I didn't know this, but they had been interviewing other podiatrists like across the country. And so once I did my little interview, they were like, well, thank you so much. It could be you, it could be somebody else, could be both, you know, two people or not you at all, you know? And I was like, oh. <laughs> so um, two months goes by and then they call me early in the year and they tell me like, hey, like, you know, TLC wants you to be one of the doctors on the show and are you are you up for it? I was like, sure, why not? Like <laughs> So, I mean, we the practice that I grew kind of grew with the show, I will say that. And so I'm super fortunate for that. Um but yeah, I'm just happy that people are people are resonating with with the show and with podiatry as a whole. No, okay. One of the episodes like this one like really creeped me out. Um, I forgot it was somebody. One of your patients had I don't know how to pronounce it. It's like epidermis dysplasia. Yeah, I was like, how can people like? Is that like how does how does that even happen? That's what I really want to know. Cause I was like, yo, I have never seen nothing like that. It's a literal genetic anomaly. It is not something that you see every day. I had to do a lot of research in order to figure out how to even treat this guy. There's only so many doctors in the world who's actually ever seen it and treated it. So in that respect, I'm super fortunate and blessed that I could be one of those doctors now. Um, but at the same time, it's it's super shocking. Like I I remember seeing it for the first time when I got the email and I just literally, I literally like jumped back. Like, what am I looking at? You know? Um, so, I mean, it's, it's a rare genetic condition where your body just doesn't turn off the suppression to create more warts. So in your body and my body, my body's like, nope, we're turning that off. In his body, it's like on full speed. So he just overgrowths all these warts, all these tumors. And so they're going to consistently grow because he doesn't have the off switch. Um, but he let it get out of control. Like you can cut them off like every now and again or freeze them or, or burn them off every now and again. But um, his has been growing since he was like seven years old. So oh. it looked like that. Is it like, is it curable? Unfortunately, no, it's not. It's not curable. It's, it's, it's able to be maintained. You can definitely maintain that condition, but you have to really be diligent, really develop a good relationship with a local doctor who can like take them off as they arise as opposed to just letting them accumulate. Like the surgery that I did on him, it was really aggressive. It was like, we're gonna take as many of these things off as humanly possible. We're gonna heal you up. And then, you know, hopefully they don't grow back as bad, but when they do grow back, cause they will grow back, go back and get them frozen off as opposed to, you know, having to get more surgery in the, in the future, you know? So like, how long was he like out for? Like, was he out for like a couple months? That, that just, I remember that, I was like, yo. It was both feet and one hand. So he was out, he was down for at least two or three months. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's yeah. That oh, that one I was like, oh my god, I've never seen nothing like that. But uh, given the success of the show, like, would you be interested in like doing like another TV show in the future? Because like you're very like everybody like you're probably like everybody's favorite character. Nice. Like <laughs> if you go look at like show, but oh, Doctor Ebony, I love her. She cares about her patients and everything. Aww. Like you're you're probably like the most lovable person on the show. So I was just like, would you would you can you see yourself branch off and do other things? I mean, I, it, I'm not opposed to it, actually. I mean, like, I definitely do have a level of depth to myself that I really want to maybe explore. I never thought I'd, you know, be able to do it on TV. But now, since this, you know, opportunity has has arised, I will definitely take, take advantage of it. Um, just, you know, in terms of just ed- educating the public, making people aware of, you know, certain other medical uh, entities that they may not be aware of. Um, and even still on like a personal or lifestyle note, like I can definitely hopefully be of benefit to others. So if that, that can be on TV, then why not? <laughs> I feel, I also saw like, um, something like what other health, prof- health professionals, like I see like, I see like a lot of health professionals on TV get criticized a lot by other health professionals. But how have you, how have you dealt with that criticism? Cause like, yo, why are you, this should be helping y'all. You know, say it's, it's, you know, it's, it's funny. It's, why bite the hands that feed you, right? Like, I yeah, mean, it's like it's it, one of it those makes things. awareness to everything. So I'm like, it's like, why? Yeah. I don't I mean, never understood that. You'll find that in every profession. You know, I think I feel like specifically for for my profession, I personally have felt a lot of support from my peers. Um, there are those, you know, outliers that are very critical, and maybe they wanted to be on the show. Maybe they got you know, interviewed and they didn't get chosen. I don't know. But I mean, every, everyone has their own specific way of doing of doing things. But um, I don't see the, the point in criticizing. Um, so I just don't really pay it attention. Like I kind of feed more into the positivity because if you feed more positivity, you get more positivity back. And, you know, I just, I just, you know, put that on a shelf and say, oh, well, that's an unhappy person, you know, just Put them over there, like. <laughs> I know, I know. On the show, you got to treat your brother. I think he had. I think it's called assists or whatever. But how was like to have your brother on the show? Because if it was me, I would not take my siblings. <laughs> Listen, I think that the backdrop of me trying to make him get on the show was more entertaining than him actually on the show because he was so scared. He called me like a million times, like Eb, if you can't get this cyst out in one try like i'm not doing it again like you can't and no you can't cut me open no i was like listen i'm a professional like <laughs> you're gonna be fine i was like all of this hoopla up until it happens you know i know if me it was the other way around i'd definitely be like i was like i'd be making the most jokes make them feel scared and everything just for no reason at all i was gonna try and make him more scared but he was already terrified i just <laughs> <laughs> oh, I really want to know. Has it ever been like? Has there ever been somebody that came to you that you're like, yo, like, what is like? Not like what is it, but like, I can't, I can't, I don't know what to do with this. So you know, has it? Yeah, has like, ever... completely stumped. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I can give a a, a, hype, a hypothesis or a differential diagnosis. That's what you call it. You you can have like, oh, it could be this, it could be that, it could be this. Like I can get you in the wheelhouse of what it could be, but sometimes I'm just like, I don't know. <laughs> so we're gonna have to figure it out and we can do that together, you know? 
No, yeah, I was like, I, I don't know how you do it. I appreciate what y'all you done because I definitely cannot do it. That's, I saw some of the people, I was like, it's different for everybody. Even... You definitely have to have a strong stomach to do what we do. We, we do. No, yeah, I thought my feet were like bad, and I saw other people, I was like, oh no, my feet aren't that bad. I was like, <laughs> <I'm>, uh... <laughs> you feel like you're you're really blessed, you know? No, like, yeah. So blessed. <laughs> Uh, what are like five pieces of advice for like the next person that somebody that wants to be in your shoes? Well, I mean, I guess my my advice is literally all this always the same. Like I I'm fortunate enough to have been chosen to be on TV by being exactly who I am. Like I don't act, I don't do anything that would be out of character. So I I really do think that if you are true to who you are and that you have a passion and you exercise that passion with purpose every day then you know this could happen for you too like you too could be on tv doing your job like i don't know <laughs> i don't know <laughs> well i appreciate you thank you for taking your time coming on uh my feet are killing me great show it, you know i i don't know how y'all do it but, it, but it's we a do great it. show. yeah <laughs> well thanks so much for having me i appreciate it